0: Good morning. Again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of His love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, I submit to you that there is nothing greater or better in the world to be than to be a child of God. God has richly blessed us in the person of Christ Jesus. In Christ, God has forgiven us, he has redeemed us, he has adopted us, and given us all spiritual blessings, and this suits our case, for if ever there was anything that was true about mankind, it is that we need a Savior. Uh, We need forgiveness, we need redemption, we need adoption, and we certainly need blessing. God has done more for us than we will ever be able to do for ourselves. Uh, The psalmist declares in Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention again this morning to Romans chapter 8, the text that was read into our hearing. Uh, We want to read again there in Romans 8, verse number 37. Romans 8, verse 37 in your Bibles. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Uh, Based on the words of the Apostle here in Romans chapter 8, we want to use this morning as a subject, more than conquerors. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Romans chapter 8, I submit to you that we are living in a world in which the number of those that feel both helpless and hopeless is steadily increasing. Tragic news is the staple in our media. And it is ironic that so many are spiraling into despair when there is such a great message of hope in the Bible. Now, make no mistake about it, when we talk about a great message of hope in the Bible, uh, the Bible does not promise us escape from suffering. I I believe if that was the message of the Bible, then many would submit to water baptism not because Jesus is Lord, but to avoid tragedy, trouble, and sickness. When we look at the message of hope in the Bible, I I, I appreciate that uh, trouble and trial can shake even the most faithful of of men. Uh, It's just a way with trouble and trial that they can lead you to doubt and despair. I remember John the baptizer of whom Jesus said, uh, of men born of women, there is none greater than John. Uh, But you remember John, on one occasion, he identifies Jesus as the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Uh, But then the rigors of life set in on John and he sends his disciples to Jesus asking, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? I think when we look at the life of John and when we look at our own lives, well, it can be said that life happens. But the key to appreciating the text before us here in Romans 8 and experiencing the blessings related in the text is understanding and embracing the fact that God does not have to change my circumstances to change my life. See, my circumstances are not me. My my circumstances are the state of affairs. It's what's going on, and I I may be subjected to this, but my circumstances are not me. I I, want to read you something here. You know it's my uh, custom to read it so I get it right. Uh, I want to read you something entitled Adversity. A daughter complained to her father about her life and how, hard, and how things were so hard for her. She did not know how she was going to make it and wanted to give up. She was tired of fighting and struggling. It seemed as one problem was solved, a new one arose. Her father, a chef, took her to the kitchen. He filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Soon the pots came to a boil. In one, he placed carrots. In the second, he placed eggs. And in the last, he placed ground coffee beans. He let them sit and boil without saying a word. The daughter supped her teeth and impatiently waited, wondering what he was doing. In about 20 minutes, he turned off the burners. He fished out the carrots and placed them in a bowl. He pulled out the eggs and placed them in a bowl. Then he ladled the coffee out and placed it in a bowl. Turning to her, he asked, what do you see? Carrots, eggs, and coffee, she replied. He brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots. She did and noted that they were soft. He then asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, he asked her to sip the coffee. She smiled as she tasted its rich aroma. She humbly asked, what does it mean, Father? He explained that each of them had faced the same adversity, boiling water, but each reacted differently. The carrot went in strong, hard, and unrelenting, but after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg had been fragile. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior, but after sitting through the boiling water, its inside became hard. The ground coffee beans were unique, however. After they were in the boiling water, they had changed the water. Which are you, he asked his daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Are you the carrot that seems hard, but with pain and adversity do you wilt and become soft and lose your strength? Are you the egg which starts off with a malleable heart? Were you a fluid spirit, but after a death, a breakup, a divorce, or a layoff, have you become hardened and stiff? Your shell looks the same, but you are bitter and tough with a stiff spirit and stiff heart. Or are you like the coffee bean? The bean changes the hot water, the thing that is bringing the pain. When the water gets the hottest, it just tastes better. If you are like the bean, when things are at their worst, you get better and make things better around you. When people talk about you, do your praises to the Lord increase. When the hour is darkest and the trials are their greatest, Does your worship elevate to another level? How do you handle adversity? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Now, I know when I hear that, I'd like to say, well, you know, I'm not a coffee drinker, but but in that context, I'd like to be coffee. But but my life answers the question, not just merely what I say when I hear the story. When we look at Romans chapter 8, And appreciate, in the Bible, the Christian life is likened to a number of things that are competitive in nature. In 2 Corinthians 9, in verse number 26 in your Bibles, Paul says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. If you know anything about competition, when there is a competition, there must be a winner and a loser. If the Christian life can be likened to a competition, then Paul declares in verse number 37 that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And when you hear that phrase, more than conquerors, it comes from a word that means overwhelmingly victorious. Let me see if I can explain it this way. In the days of Ricky's youth, he played Little League Baseball. And they had what they called it, it started out the Slaughter Rule, but then they changed it to the Mercy Rule. I guess when you're playing, you know, when kids, you don't want to call something Slaughter Rule. You know, it's just kids, you want to make a good impression on them. They had what they called the Mercy Rule, and as it worked at that time, if one team started winning by a real wide margin of victory, you know, you don't want your little kids going home crying. You know, we lost 37-2 to So, so if one team started winning by a, a wide margin of victory, they just quit keeping score. You know, just, just play for fun. It doesn't matter what the score is anymore. Just have fun and learn the game. They called that the mercy rule. The one team was clearly superior to the other, so they had to uh, uh, take into account, uh, you know, provide some, some grace and some mercy for the other team. Well, well, Paul is saying the Christian is able to live life knowing that the mercy rule will be invoked on our trials and our troubles. Now, now your trials and your troubles might be something, but they can't stand up to the grace and mercy of God. Your your troubles are going to ask for the mercy rule. It's no wonder, then, that we are exhorted and admonished not to worry. You remember Paul, Philippians 4, 6. He says, "Be, uh, uh, be careful for nothing. He said, don't worry about anything. Take it to your father in prayer. Watch God and invo- evoke his grace and mercy in your life. And-, and then life need the mercy rule because the power of God is that great. Now, appreciate uh, 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 when we say that. Notice what Paul says in the text, in-, in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And, and then notice the things that he lists, shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or swore. Paul is not saying that if you serve God faithfully, bad things will stop happening in your life. What Paul is saying is that God will give you what you need to keep going, even if you have to deal with those kinds of things in your living. And it's clear from the words of the apostle that this overwhelming victory is possible only through him that loved us. So instead of being self-reliant, We ought to be Christ-reliant. And there are two considerations from the text. One is my circumstance, and the other is my position. Now, appreciate that everyone has both circumstance and position. But if my position is in Christ, then God grants me to be more than a conqueror. You know, we sing that song, It Is Well With My Soul. Now, you know, it can be well with your soul and your circumstances be jacked up. It, it, it's not saying it's well with everything, but with the thing that really matters. I, you know, my job may be falling apart. My, my, my home may not be the happiest place to be, but the thing that really matters most is well with that. Uh, this is what Paul is talking about. He's not saying that there's something you can do in life that will make everything just the way you want it. That, that, that if you are faithful to God, that you'll have no trouble, no trial. But what Paul is saying is, if God will help us appreciate, I don't have to change your circumstances to change you. You, you, you just learn how to see things from the right perspective. Uh, I think I missed point one. Did, did I... No, here we come. All right. I, and, you know, it's usually because I have three, and I see, but I don't have but two left on my page here. Uh, so just two for you this morning. Uh, the first consideration this morning, Christians don't just cope with the challenge of, of life. With God's help, we become better because of them. Uh, you know what coping is? Coping means, yeah, you know, I, I manage. I, I'm making it. I, I'm getting by Well, you know, if you're just getting by, there's something wrong with the the life you're living in Christ. Jesus didn't come just for us to get by. I I remember him saying in John 10, verse 10, that he came to give life and to give it more abundantly. Now, if I'm living abundantly, I'm not just getting by. You know, you talk to Christians sometimes, they let you know I'm just getting by. How are you doing? Oh, I guess I'm going to make it. You guess you're going to make it. Did they kill Jesus and he did not rise? You guess you're going to make it? I mean, Jesus said, I came that you could live abundantly. You are more than a conqueror. Life is begging for the mercy rule if you, if you belong to Christ Jesus. And, and when Paul says this, Paul not just talking uh, a theory. If Paul said, look, I, I can bear witness to what I'm talking about. Uh, you remember Paul in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12? Uh, verses 7 through 10, Paul said he was given a thorn in the flesh. Now, he doesn't tell us what the thorn is, and no need holding a Bible class trying to identify it exactly. But whatever it is, it it, it put Paul through the paces. Paul said, I prayed three times for God to take this thing. Uh, You know, when something is really getting next to you, you'll pray about it more than once. When it means something, you will pray repeatedly about it. Uh, you know, I pray repeatedly for my children. Now, I don't think God forgot what I prayed the last time. I'm just very concerned about it. Paul said, I prayed three times that God would take the thorn. Uh, Romans 12, verse, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Paul says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, verse seven, Paul says something. Sometimes God will allow stuff to happen in my living, just just to keep me from getting swell-headed. It's sometimes I, I need things to happen in my life just to get my attention. You know, sometimes we think I can handle things. I, I know what I'm doing. I, I, you know, I've got it under control. And sometimes God will just let stuff happen. and say, now, don't forget where your blessings come from. It, it don't, don't forget who brought you to where you are. Don't start taking credit for what I've blessed you to become. And then he says in verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, in verse 9, Paul is telling us God sometimes says no. Paul prayed three times, Lord, please take this thorn. And God said no. You got to keep it. But I'm going to give you what you need to be able to endure it. In verse 10 he says, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches, in necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I'm relying on God, that's when I got some power. See, when I think I got it under control, you ain't in control of anything. But when I rely on God, then I have some power. And, And note in the text God didn't change Paul's circumstance, but he did change Paul. We have to be open to God's change. See, when I pray like that, I know what I want. I want removal. I want relief. But I have to be open to the fact that God's plan may not be removal. God's plan may be, look, I'm going to give you the strength to keep that one. Now, God is that parent. You're not going to get your way by moping. You know, now you can sit down and stay still if you want to, and, and you'll be in that condition or worse until you decide to submit yourself to God. And we understand you just can't mope your way through life. Have you ever had an ache or a pain? You know, if you consider the human body, you, you have a hip, a knee, an ankle, a foot, and some toes. Now that's a whole lot of possibilities for, uh, 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 for problems in your lower extremities. Now just say your toe is acting up or or your foot is hurting. Now, do you just sit down and decide I'm not walking anymore until my pain goes away? Now, you know what you do. You're you're a limp, boy, you'll limp somebody to death. You'll limp around and and, and, you know, and your body, you know, your one leg don't start talking about it ain't fair that I got to bear more weight. Your body does what it needs to do to keep going. And look, you're limping here, and focus say you're limping. Look, but I'm here. Look, I'm doing what I got to do to make it. Sometimes in life, things happen. God may allow us to have a thorn. And God is saying, look, you're not going to walk perfect anymore, but I'll help you limp. But but, but appreciate when you rely on me, then you have power. The removal uh, of trial or trouble may not be God's plan. And a good soldier accepts that there is some hardship in serving. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 in your Bibles, uh, Paul said, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I know we have a lot of military people here. And you may not have known it when you enlisted, but you don't sleep in the barracks every night in the military. Some night you got to sleep out in a trench or wherever your unit may happen to be at that particular time. Ain't no need in you going crying to, uh, uh, to whoever your commander is talking about, I thought I'd be sleeping in the barracks all the time. Uh, Suck it up. Sometimes you're going to sleep in the trench and it might rain while you're in the trench and it might be cold out there. But a good soldier, appreciate this is just part of me being a soldier. Well, if I'm a soldier in God's army, then then I need to just bear up and, and, and shoulder up to my cross and appreciate sometime in life you have to go through some hardship. Sometimes God will remove it, but at a minimum, he'll give me the power I need to keep going we become better because of the challenges of life. There is a second con- consideration uh, 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 from the text, and, and that is that Christians don't just survive troubles, we triumph over them. Okay. You know, uh, surviving is kind of like coping. You know, uh, surviving mean I made it through. Now, now you can survive, but come through with all kinds of scars and wounds and everything else. Uh, you know, you, you you can come back and lose both your legs. Well, you survived, but I, I'm not the person I was. Well, you don't ever become a servant of God and end up less or worse than you were. And when we look at Paul, again, because Paul is not just talking from theory. It, Paul it has an eyewitness testimony. Paul learned to rejoice in that which had previously caused him pain. Yeah, yeah, have you Have you reached that point in your living? Have you reached the point where there used to be things that I used to cry about, fret about, things that would just ruin my day? But, but I've learned to trust God. And God, he may not have changed my circumstances, but he's changed me. Uh, and notice what Paul says, Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse number 11. He said, not that I speak in respect of one, for I have learned. Now, now to say I have learned means I didn't always know. I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I, I, I didn't know how to uh, rejoice with a thorn, but I've learned it. Uh, see, I used to pray that God would take it, but now I understand. I don't need God to change my circumstances for my living to be better. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Now, you know, some people haven't learned how to be either one of those. They have learned how to abound or obey. Uh, you know, when, when, when storms come, I cry, and, and when blessings come, I forget to thank God. Paul said, I, I know how to handle both ends. Uh, when I'm low, I rely on God, and when I'm high, I still rely on God. My praise doesn't change based on my circumstance. God is worthy to be praised whether, you know, I got a check last week or whether I'm looking for a job. He's still the same God that he's always been. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things, then notice he said through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I, I, I like to understand that Jesus is my strength. He's what makes me strong. My circumstances might be jacked up, but as long as Jesus is Lord, is well with my soul. And and what I have to remember is my circumstances might be jacked up, but God might be doing some great things with some jacked up circumstances. When I read the account of Job, boy, you want to talk about some jacked up circumstances. He lost all his stuff, all his children, and his health, all at the same time. Now, that's jacked up. Now, now if you can sympathize with anybody, anybody come in crying the blues, you know what, Job, move over, I'm going to sit and cry next to you. That's just jacked up. You lost everything that would matter. But look what God was doing through what Job went through. Thousands of years later, people Job never met. He's a blessing to us. Man, if Job could soldier through that. You know, and my, you know my, my complaint is my air is not running in my car, so I might sweat a little on the way to the church building. That's my trouble. Try losing what Job lost, and now, now that's suffering loss. And when we allow God to work in us and through us, every now and then we'll have an amazing grace moment. You know what an uh, amazing grace moment is? You know, in, in that song, Amazing Grace, part of the lyrics declare, I once was blind, but now I see. Now, I like to put a little bit different spin on that, not just in terms of I was dead in sin, but now I'm alive in Christ. But, but, but if you mature in Christ, you just start to see things differently. It's just kind of like growing up in, in a social aspect. You know, there were things that I just thought as a teenager, I'm just glad God blessed me to grow up and spared me to boot because of the way I was thinking. Hey, you know, the, the way I thought as a teenager, that was just dangerous. Yeah, that You think you know everything, you can do everything, that every plan you have is going to work out uh, absolutely the way you have it laid out. I've just learned, but I look back at some of them plans, I'm like, boy, you were sure enough needed Jesus. I mean, some of the stuff you thought, I, I know there's a God because he saved me from me. But you ought to be able to look back and, and just say, you know what, I can see some things now that I didn't see before. I was blind, but now I see, you know, sometimes we sit around talking about I don't see how God is going to bless. Well, God didn't ask us to see. Paul said we walk by faith. Faith that means I don't need to see. I just need to know God and trust him. But, but then you can look back and, and see some things that you didn't see before. You just have that amazing grace moment. When you let the Spirit of God guide you and when you let the power of God fight for you and the love of God sustain you, you just start seeing things you couldn't see before. You just start living different. You ever just used to fuss about things and you just, you know what, I don't need to fuss about that no more. You walk around stressed out about stuff, you know what, I don't need to stress over that anymore. Amazing grace, God just blessed you to see some things that you used to be blind to. Paul says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. It's not you or me. It's the God we belong to. He wants us to live on a plane where life is just begging for mercy. Life is just saying, I can't compete. You know, the devil is saying, I've hit you with everything. Invoke the mercy rule, y'all win, there's no need to keep score anymore, your God is just that great. God wants everyone to be more than a conqueror, and he calls us through the preaching of the gospel. And we are reconciled to God the way men were first reconciled uh, uh, when the gospel began to be preached almost 2,000 years ago. Uh, In the Bible, we read, if we want to be reconciled to God and become more than a conqueror, God requires, first of all, that we hear the good news that Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried but raised the third day for our justification. He requires that we believe that Jesus is the Christ, uh, that Jesus is his son and savior of the world, that we be willing to repent of sin, confess faith in Christ Jesus, and be baptized in water for the remission of sins. And the grace of God is such that when we submit uh, to the command to be baptized, that he washes away our sins in the waters of baptism, indwells us with his spirit, and he adds us to the church. And the expectation on God's behalf, if if we want to be more than conquerors, is that we will live obediently after his will and live a life that brings glory to him. Perhaps you're here this morning, you're subject to the invitation or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.